Hello, all witches, wizards, muggleborns, mudbloods, death eaters, and even you muggles and nomadges. Welcome to You're Such a Witch. <laughs> I'm your host, Cassandra Goodyear, and here with me is Kaylee Shaw. Thank you, Kaylee, for being here with me today. You're you're so welcome. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the podcast. Nothing in life goes as planned as seen in the wizarding world, so we're just going to freestyle this. All right, Kaylee, what would you like to talk about? Um, let's talk about some Hogwarts house stereotypes. Oh, God, these That's stereotypes. These are terrible stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Especially since I'm a Hufflepuff over here. Mm-hmm. Ravenclaw right here, man. Oh, people hate us Hufflepuffs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Kaylee, what do you think's the worst stereotype about a Hufflepuff? People think we we just don't do anything at all. <laughs> they think we're just all all cowards and really all people think Hufflepuffs do is just cry Meat. when they have to talk to somebody and eat food. Oh yeah. I mean, which is pretty accurate in my <laughs> case, but well, I'm a Ravenclaw and I think the worst stereotype for a Ravenclaw is that we are smart and like we're always the best at every subject that all we care about is grades. And in truth, I think there's a lot more to Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, and Gryffindor than what people think. So first off, let's talk about the Slytherin um, stereotype. This is a big one. Yeah. Do you want to describe this one? I mean, really just Slytherin in the wizarding world is synonymous with evil, which yeah. is not always true. <laughs> always. Oh. <laughs> um, we're looking at you, Voldemort. <clears throat> Well, Gryffindor, I know everyone thinks of them as cocky, but also, like, the jocks of a school. They they are. They are. Really. They're Quidditch junkies and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always, you know, Slytherin and Gryffindor. You don't really hear anything. At least with Newt Scamander, we've brought some light to Hufflepuffs, but Ravenclaws yeah. are still pretty... Ravenclaws are pretty hidden. Like, we got, what, the Grey Lady and um, all she did. Professor Flitwick. Oh, okay, God. isn't Luna, Luna, Luna Lovegood, But That's everyone good always, like, someone thought she was part of Gryffindor because of the lion head she wore at the game, and, oh, that ticked no. me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, what do you really think is there to these houses? Like, which house do you think lives up to their name the most? I think Ravenclaw lives up to their name the most. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know, it's, intellectual. Yeah. I mean, stereotypes are, you know, they exist for a reason, whether it's good or bad. But... Ravenclaw will argue with you, though, about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I definitely say Ravenclaws are the intellectuals, but they also, I've also read um, in some wiki articles that Ravenclaw not only cares about their grades, but they care about what interests them. If it's a topic that they don't like, say, Algebra 2, perhaps... They're not going to do their best in that class because it just simply doesn't interest them. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That's how, you know, a lot of people are, including myself. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to, you know, do everything I can just to make that grade, you know, like an A. If, I, if I'm not good at it, then I just face what I can get. <laughs> Way to let your inner Ravenclaw out. So what about Hufflepuff? What do you think's like the true meaning of to being a Hufflepuff? That's a hard one. That, you are that one. Really, I on. know, but I mean, Hufflepuffs though. <laughs> I think they can also be fiercely loyal, so that may also bring across like a stoic manner to them. Yes, that's definitely 
you know, I mean, Hufflepuffs can be strong, despite the, you know, just meek exterior. Yeah. Because Badger don't care. <laughs> yep. That's, well, that's a good topic, too. Oh, yeah. The uh, house mascots, you know, Ravenclaw. Oh, it's a golden eagle. Okay. Well, it's their master's Patronus, which I always thought was pretty interesting. I really like that, though. Yeah. Where did the name Hufflepuff even come from, though? I mean, I know, I know, no you know, Helga Hufflepuff, but mm-hmm. that's a weird name. You bet it is. Anyway, what about Gryffindor? What do you think about their true meaning? Gryffindors are really the team leaders, I suppose. If we were to think, if you were to take a group of Hogwarts students and you know, form, like say, you know, a team of, for something, Gryffindors are really the ones that would take charge. Right. And they may not always have everyone's best interests, mm-hmm. you know, in mind, but they try to do what they think is best for everybody. Do you think those who are sorted into the Gryffindor house are typically cocky and narcissistic? Um, a narcissist? I think that could happen with, you know, any Any house, but it's typically Slytherin and Gryffindor. Right. So if you're a Slytherin, you know, you, you know, a lot of people think, oh, hey, I gotta live up to this bad guy, you know, expectation, Mm and, I mean, you really don't. Right. I thought I was a Slytherin, actually, the first quiz I took. I got Slytherin. Yes. I thought I was a Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) You traitor. Oh, gosh. Well, then I got Ravenclaw, and I was like, then it makes sense. It suits you. (laughs) All right. Well, next on our agenda, we are going to talk about the Golden Trio. And for those of you who don't know, the Golden Trio consists of the Harry Potter characters, Harry Potter, (laughs) Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger. So, what are your opinions on each of these? (sighs) (laughs) I mean, of course, if you have your kind of three main characters in a book slash movie... I feel like there should have been some variety in there. I mean, I know they're really friends just because they're all in Gryffindor, but that's there's no real diversity in there. Right. I feel like it'd be a lot more interesting if, say, you know, Hermione were a Ravenclaw and Harry actually, if Harry was a Slytherin, like oh, he, like it was awesome. originally intended, because you know he begged the Sorting Hat. <laughs> he was like, I don't want to be Slytherin, and so that's what happened. But mm-hmm. that's cheating in a way. Do you think Harry as a character is undynamic at all? Like, do you think he changes and actually is the boy who lived? I mean, I know he's living, but don't you think that title is giving him too much fame for doing so little? He was a baby. Yeah. (laughs) You're absolutely right. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, Now, Harry is your typical you know, victorious hero, but we don't explore his flaws enough, I don't feel like, and everything just goes pretty much perfect for him. I mean, he's, he pretty much flaunts about the fact that his parents are dead, and that he's the chosen one. And, oh my god, I lived in a cupboard. Well, right now, I live in a basement, so... (laughs) It's it's, it's a nice... (laughs) It's a nice basement, but... It is. (laughs) I just think he always played that, um, side... Side... Sad childhood card too much in this series. Yeah, he 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 does way mm-hmm. too much. He just he wants others to pity him and that's what makes him him, which it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens. Right. Do you think Hermione's as smart as she is? I read at a source on Pottermore, which is JK Rowling's website, that Draco Malfoy 
actually rivaled her in intellect. He had the same grades, the same IQ, and that kind of shocks me because you only ever think of Hermione as the smart one. I think since Hermione is in Gryffindor, she just, she, she wants to live up to that superior lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if she were to not, you know, make a good grade or not know something, she feels like she has to because she's in Gryffindor and they're the brave, you know, people and people who are just really successful in everything. So I can definitely see that in, oh my gosh, Ron. (laughs) Ron. Any thoughts on... The lovely Ron. Ron is definitely, I feel like he's a great representation of Gryffindor, honestly, because he's not, you know, overly cocky. He's not, like, really smart and good at everything. I mean, he's Ron. He had a broken Mm -hmm. wand for, you know, a good (laughs) amount of time. It was literally taped together. That's what a lot of people Mm -hmm. do now. Duct tape fixes everything, right? He had an evil rat that was secretly a human the entire time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, I mean... He had the one of the most uncommon pets, aside from Neville and his toad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Neville. Neville, I believe, did not get the same amount of credit as he, the Golden Trio. Neville, he was part of the Silver Trio. Which he ultimately pathetic. saved the day. He did. And, and I was really hoping he would get that happy ending, but what? He just became a herbology professor at Hogwarts. It's like, oh, yeah, here's Hermione, who's now the head of the Ministry of Magic, and then you have Harry and Ron, who are oars, and then you have Neville, who's a teacher. I it's mean, like maybe that's what choice. he wanted to do. I mean, I feel like he he has potential to do other things. Maybe mm-hmm. that truly is what he as a character would want to do. Or maybe the author's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Calling out rolling, oh God. I mean, you know, you can do that for a lot of things. You gotta be careful of her Twitter account. She'll come for you, man. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that controversy when... J.K. Rowling came out and said, Hermione is black. After The Cursed Child, she came out and said, Hermione's black. But there are several parts in the book where fans have called her out for for saying, and I quote, Hermione's pale face paled. She, Hermione is described, I mean, from the get-go as just this nerdy white kid, really. (laughs) Your basic white girl. Yeah, I mean, I feel like since there wasn't necessarily enough representation initially in her Mm -hmm. books. She felt like she had to make up for that. Yeah, I think she was... switching things that were already, you know, written in the stars. Do you think she was trying to catch on to the trend of writing about diverse characters? You know, like, oh, the different sexuality characters, different race characters, different size. I really think so, because really, I mean, you had... Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to think about, you know, just diversity and... Why was Cho Chang in Ravenclaw? <laughs> oh gosh, you're right. See, that's... Ooh, I never thought of that. That's yeah. kind of like a point at racism. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of sad for a writer to try to change her works just to catch on to a trend. Exactly. I mean, you know, if anything, just start a new series. Just start fresh mm-hmm. and you can, you know, have diverse characters and everything like that. But don't change something that you've already created and established. Right. There's no point. It does nothing mm-hmm. but make you seem like a fool, really. Yeah, and speaking of the books, what about them against the movies? Books Those are... movies. <laughs> books are really always better, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, it's nice to get, you know, visuals. Right. Because you imagine these characters in your head while you're reading 
And then, you know, you watch the movie, and sometimes that brings those characters to life for you, truly. Like, but then commander. That was brought to yes. life. He was perfect. But then, sometimes is not what you thought at all. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a disappointment to everybody, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the Ravenclaws um, are speaking out. There's some angry Blue Jays. <laughs> Anyway, like, right here in front of us, we're looking at two pictures comparing what Snape was like in the book compared to him in the movie. And in the book, he's supposed to be very young. And although Alan played amazingly as Snape in the movies, his physical appearance didn't live up to the book. So do you think that a character's appearance also affects their performance and how the audience views them? I definitely think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... Snape is a really good example. I feel like Snape is often underrated, but specifically in the books. In the movies, they didn't, you know, explore his character well enough, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah, and it's also a great joke amongst Potterheads when he says, you have your mother's eyes, and in the book, their (laughs) eyes are supposed to be what, green? Um, Or blue? I I think it's blue, whereas in the movies, um, what's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. His eyes are actually kind of a hazel. And the mom, who, well, in the flashback, the mom's eyes, I believe, are green. So it's... Are we getting it mixed up? It's either blue or green. We're getting mixed up. Let's just say the eyes didn't live up to the statement and that for ruined that scene. I understand that it's, you know, a movie and you can't Mm -hmm. necessarily get a great actor with the right color eyes, but context exists. Context. Just call. <laughs> I mean, oh gosh. I mean, you, you got a budget. Like, mm-hmm. Spare a few bucks oh for my some contact. That budget. By that movie point, this was already like a billion dollar franchise, so you could at least have said, Daniel, put in some freaking contacts. <laughs> yeah. I like the um, how the movies themselves evolved. Right. Definitely, you can see how in the first movie, all the. Um, the goblins in, mm-hmm. were the goblins or elves? They were goblins. They were okay. In um in the bank, how they it yes. was prosthetics, which looked really awesome. But then in the later movies, haunting. you see it's it was what it was haunting. It was. I mean, it was just they like me. these are real people, and they just have all this makeup on that makes mm-hmm. them look so terrifying. But in the later movies, they were able to use more CGI, which just. Mm-hmm. You know, shows also a change in technology, but also maybe budget changes because mm-hmm. the movies themselves were so, you know, they were so successful. Right. And how much they, like, the directors and the filmmakers and everyone who worked on the movie behind the scenes, other than the actors, it really shows how much they're wanting to put into it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, now that we're moved past the books, we talked about the main characters... Let's talk about one other main character who has had some controversial history, and that is, is Dumbledore really that good? I've heard, I've had some complex feelings on this. On one hand, you see him as that great professor, kind of like a grandfather figure to Harry for mostly his whole life, and then all of a sudden, you have this other side of him where he actually wanted Harry to die so that way Voldemort could die because it was like Dumbledore was just trying to sweep all his problems under the rug with the death of Harry that's a good point mm-hmm. I've never actually thought of thought about that before but oh that gosh, is, this is definitely so controversial. a good point. 
I mean, you like to think of Dumbledore as kind of the the Merlin in the story. He's, yeah. you know, not necessarily a sidekick, but he's that, you know... The wise leader. He of. is. The wise yes, old man. Yes, but he he doesn't really live up to that in all aspects of his character. Right. And there was also this instance with his sister where he let her die. Mm. Yes, I believe, um, yes, it was an argument between Dumbledore, Grindelwald, well, more on that later, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, Aberforth, and his sister wanted to stop the argument, and she was in Obscurial, more on that later, once again, (laughs) and one of them, we, we don't know who, apparently, fired a curse, and she died, but, I mean, did Dumbledore really care about Mm -hmm. her enough? Did he try and help her, or was it just... I don't know. This is weird. Right. He has admitted, and he was called out by his brother, that he never loved her enough. He never showed her the affection an older brother should to their younger sister. Yeah. I mean, he... Maybe he feels like he's making up for that with, you know, being a headmaster, because he has, he has a connection with all of the students, really. Right. But... Hmm. Hmm. One thing I've also thought about is, do you think... He tried to persuade Harry to make different choices from Voldemort, well, Tom Riddle at the time, from making choices like Tom Riddle in order to keep him from becoming a secondhand um, Voldemort that he would then later have to deal with. I definitely think so. I mean, Dumbledore and Harry kind of work together without knowing it because in the first book, you know, the Sorting Hat thinks that Harry is a Slytherin and Harry's begging, you know, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, because right. he's heard such bad things, but... He doesn't want to be with Draco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Dumbledore himself does. He tries to kind of lead Harry onto a path, which is just the complete opposite of Tom Riddle. Right. I mean, for a good reason, I suppose, but it's it's very manipulative. Very. I definitely agree with that. Also, another character who's pretty controversial, and I like to pr- think of, of my personal hero... Draco Malfoy. Everyone yeah. hates him, it seems, but I absolutely adore him because I feel so bad of, of all this crap he's had to go through just because of family situations. Exactly. I mean, Draco definitely changes. Definitely. I definitely Throughout that. the books and movies. He mm-hmm. changes so much, and it tells us so much about his character and how, I mean, Draco, really, he's he's good. I mean... And also, I just find it odd how, you know, Harry's son and Draco's son, they end up being best friends. Yeah, I think that was that a, just that's perfect, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was a nice twist in the story, kind of, but mm-hmm. it suited, you know, the character really well. Definitely. I also like to think of Draco um, and feeling sorry for his wife, because he married um, Astoria Greengrass, and then she died because of a bad ancestral disease. And then he's left to raise his son single-handedly, and although he admits to not doing that in the best way he can, I love how he's trying, and he's trying to help his son get through this hard time while keeping a brave face. He is. He's trying so well. I mean, he's, he is. For, for the most part, he's a single dad, and he's, just, he's trying his best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that really shows how much he has truly changed. Right. Have you heard of the controversy? Um, well, it's not really controversial, J.K. Rowling came out to some fans on Twitter and said, please do not support Draco. He's not good. He's a bad character. Don't like him. I didn't know that. Yes, you 
Don't follow J.K. Rowling. As an Rowling, author, you Twitter. shouldn't do that. Let you fans. want your characters to be you want characters to be hated, but you also want characters to be likable. Yeah, and you want your fans to make what they think of your book, of your characters. Because if you're not going to have the time and the gumption to continue writing the story until these characters die, then just let your fans finish the story for you in their own way. So that way they fall in love with the story and the plot and the characters and everything even more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I can't handle J.K. Rowling in her tweets. It's almost as bad as the, the man who must not be named. (laughs) the president I'm sorry on to the next topic (laughs) stupid spells I think we can all say that there are some pretty dumb spells in the books and the movies do you have a personal spell that you absolutely think is useless in this wizarding world um well thinking about it you know I think was it I don't remember if it was on Pottermore or on Twitter or something, but J.K. Rowling answered a fan's questions like, I mean, there's bathrooms in Hogwarts, but, you know, they're like, what are you going to do when you, when you got to do? <laughs> and J.K. Rowling came out and said that they simply, that wizards simply do their business where they stand and then make it disappear by magic. How, I did not know that. How can you live like that? That's like... An adult diaper, sort it, of. It is, but Ew. I mean... I mean, people... What? Wait. Yeah. Does toilet paper not exist in the starting world? It's there's a, there's bathrooms. It's but... coexisting at the same time as the real world. And I we have toilet paper. Sure, it may not always be stocked, but we have toilet paper. Why don't they just use a bathroom I mean, normally? I think it's part of that superior mentality. Oh, they're flexing know. on us? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, oh, there's muggles, you know, oh, they're you using... white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Here you go. Here's the screenshot that I took about the whole bathroom situation. Oh, it's terrible. Yep. Oh, Just simply that's... vanish the evidence where they stand. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't do that. I mean, are they just mm. in class? <laughs> one of my spells that... Not my spells, but one of the spells <laughs> that I've always thought was really... Odd is probably one of the most used ones, Alohomora. Ooh. Why can't you just carry a key? <laughs> that is what I argue. Why can't you just carry a key? It makes me think of um the doctor, you know, in Doctor Who has the magic sonic screwdriver, but it works on everything but wood. Oh it's my like, God. I mean, why? Why have it then? Yeah, because it's sort of like, if this spell exists, then we spoiled this enough, but... Voldemort breaks into Harry's childhood home and kills his parents by using Alohomora. Yeah. If he didn't have that spell, that could have been prevented because you'd at least hear knock at the door or someone break in. And I'm just like, hello, oh, housekeeping. Oh, crap, there's someone breaking in. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah. I mean, also, Loomis, I don't think that's. I mean. Loomis and Knox. Ooh, wow. It, just bring a flashlight. Yeah, well, I guess they didn't have iPhones and have the flashlight key on it. I mean, it. I mean, bring some matches or something, or, mm-hmm. you know, carry around a candle. Like. Yeah, we, I mean, it's set in such an older time, that would have added to the magic of the castle. It would, I mean, because in the Great Hall, you have all the candles mm-hmm. floating above the tables. 
Right. Why don't they have like lamps and things? Why do they have to create light when they want? So that dark? looks like LEDs. Is that is this a metaphor? <laughs> right. Okay. Some other spells I think is interesting is you know all the times when Dumbledore doesn't say a spell but he just magically makes things happen. I think that's kind of like a cheap cut about not having to have a spell for that. Yeah, is that experience, you know, of the characters? Like, they've, they've done the spell so much that they're just able to, you know, kind of connect with their wand and just instantly do it? Or is it laziness on the author's part? Right. <laughs> or just simply the wizard's part? Definitely. Well... Thank you for coming, Kaylee. This has been so fun it talking about the Wizarding World. Yes. Right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And now we have to tune out. Catch us on our next episode where we discuss Fantastic Beasts.